Blog Talk Radio. This is Creativity and Play. I'm Steve Dahlberg. And I'm Mary Alice Long. You can find us online at creativityandplay.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Creativity Play. And download archived editions on iTunes. Our guest today on Creativity and Play is filmmaker Gwen Gordon. Gwen began a life of play designing and building Muppets for Sesame Street. She later joined an Apple Research Group at the MIT Media Lab, where she built furry computer PlayStations for children. Gwen has worked with Xerox Park, San Quentin Prison, TSA Security Officers, the film What the Bleep Do We Know, among many other diverse projects and organizations. Gwen received a local Emmy Award for creative directing the PBS pilot Kids Cash and Common Sense. She is completing her first full-length film, Seriously, about why the future depends on play. Gwen Gordon, welcome to Creativity and Play. Thanks, Steve. It's great to be here. Well, given that it's Valentine's Day today, I'd like to ask you to share your thinking about the connection first between play and love. Yeah, so um, I like to think about so the universe itself is love, which is how I see it. Um, then the face of love is the beauty that we see. And then the movement of love is play. I see that play is the movement of love. It's the way that love acts. It's the way that love behaves. It's the most generous, creative um, connected, compassionate, and a vital way that life moves. So I see life as inherently playful because it's always moving from love. Which really, well, I think, brings in the whole, uh, the whole aspect of nature and the, you know, the play that is sort of inherent in nature and links us all together. Yes. Well, Gwen, you know, uh, with that and all that in mind, I wonder what your play philosophy is. What do you consider play? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, sh- I really ought to prepare for this question because everybody wants to know, what is play? <laughs> and it's a funny thing because I actually wrote a rather serious and scholarly article called What is Play? Toward a Universal Definition. And it, just, it is actually a um, in response to how many completely different definitions we have and what a what a playful you know actually project it is to try to even uh define play um i so i i've i've really like taken this question seriously and my answer is about a paragraph long and it's not fit for radio <laughs> let me tell you um so i've looked at sort of the deepest ways in which play is both you know, um, intrinsic to the universe. It's my starting point. I don't think of it as a separate, something kind of in a separate space, which most of the modern thinking around play is that it occurs in a separate play space and um, and it's not part of regular life. So I think of play as part of regular life. And I think I'm going to go with James Cars here. I'm going to, you know, I think I'll have a different answer every time someone asks the question. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> And today, I think I'll go with James Carr's definition 
key, it's a sort of distinction, and he describes finite play. He actually wrote a luminous little book back in, I think, the 90s. I, I'm not sure exactly, maybe 80s. He's a philosopher, um, and he wrote a book called Finite and Infinite Games. And in it, he makes a distinction between finite and infinite games. And finite, and I, you know, the same can be said about play. Finite play is the play that has a winner and loser. It ends. Not everyone's included, and the rules are rigid. And infinite play is the play that includes everything, the rules change as needed, and it's the entire purpose of the play is to keep the play going. So I like to think of play, the play that I that I celebrate and that I'm making a film about, um, is about is the play that's more like improvisation. It's responding to life moment to moment from the whole self, the whole of the environment, from the whole self spontaneously. So that's the play that keeps, that's the play that is the life moving through us in response to the the life around us. And everything we do when that response is is uninhibited, when it's full and coordinated, you know, and, and, um, you know, fully relational and spontaneous, that is play. And it always serves life. It always keeps the play going. Thank you. And since you mentioned your movie um, that's in development, Seriously, um, can you tell us a little bit about it before the interview goes by and we don't get to that? Yeah. Well, thank you, because that is the play that's occupied my life. (laughs) Recently, I got grabbed by it. and now it's pretty much what I, what I, how I'm playing, pretty, pretty much all the time. Um, so it's uh, a film, as you said, called Seriously, The Future Depends on Play. Actually, I'll, I'll put a footnote here. Um, we're getting a little pushback on the title, so if you want to be part of renaming the film, go see it first at seriouslythemovie.com, and then go to our Facebook page, um, facebook.com, Seriously the Movie. And vote, and we're going to have a contest on naming the film. So the film um, is is really about the power of play in, and how it, it improves every domain of life, how it benefits every single area of life, because when we're playing in the way that I described, we're going with the grain of the whole universe. And so I tell um, a chorus of experts, you know, from from neuroscientists to Qigong masters to a talking parrot to a incorrigibly playful dog um, are all kind of a <clears throat> are, are all singing the song of how important play is but mostly it's about the, the gripping stories of the power of play in, in different domains from you know Ali Duarte who's a trauma healer who brings play to trauma zones after natural disasters <clears throat> to um, the story of Antonis Makas who's the two-term Bogota Columbia mayor who um, cut cut crime in half by uh, hiring mimes to conduct traffic and um, who cut at least uh, traffic fatalities in half and and on and on. I mean, the the Occupy movement and the way that um, social change becomes irresistible when it becomes play and just stories of businesses and parenting and education and um, how every area of life is vitalized, um, becomes healthier and more sustainable and uh, more joyful through play. 
can you elaborate on one of your favorite stories so far that you've documented? And it sounds like from just the examples you've shared just now that they're kind of all over the world, which comes yeah. back to this universal aspect of play. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're in the early stages of the filming, so I'm collecting the stories and haven't had a chance to follow and really fill, document them in the, you know, fully. Um, I have um, so so one that we're actually about to film this coming week is a a man from Brazil um, named Edgard Guvela Jr. I, I think I'm I hope I'm saying his name right. Forgive me if I'm not Edgard. Um, he is an Ashoka fellow and just um, this beautiful charismatic man who's just had of true, you know, sense of the vision of possibility through play as a way to galvanize youth to to um into service local service projects. So he has been running this a game called Oasis Play, but he's now launching a global game called Play the Call and it uses an online platform where, you know, kids become superheroes and they accumulate superhero experiences by doing real-world service projects and then scaling those out, being able to generate, you know, win at the game by having a larger and larger impact by getting others to do, you know, this real-world service projects and creating a kind of global um, network of those service projects. So it's a really interesting, very high impact potentially. He's just launching it. So I'm going to, I'm looking forward to following this game and just seeing how I know youth have already been really um, excited by the projects that he's done already. So I think he has a really special gift in inspiring and mobilizing youth in that way. So I'll be very curious. He'll, he's coming to the Bay Area <clears throat> where I live and where we'll, where we'll be able to film him in action in a, with a group in Sacramento of Waldorf students. So that's one um, that's, you know, on the high note of inspiring just global play. But, you know, so we know about, I want to really look into, you know, how the playfulness that we, that's sort of famous at companies like Zappos, where every experience you have, every contact is like a delight. And the the company prides itself on being a little wacky and, you know, having having really happy employees. They have one of the, I think they were just voted um in the top 10 or might have been the 11th in Fortune Best Places to Work, Fortune magazines. Um, so they're, you know, when when people love working at, at places, it's usually largely because they get to play. And so I want to capture that story. And um, Keen Shoes is doing a Back to Recess campaign where people, um, employees are um, playing at least 10 minutes, taking 10-minute play breaks per day, and they're help, hoping to make that a movement in businesses and um so you know we haven't gotten to go fully into a stories the stories and really you know open them up but these are the kinds of stories that we're we're covering Gwen, i'm always intrigued by um people's backgrounds and experiences and what led them to whatever they're <clears throat> passionate about and playing with in their lives and so I wonder about your own background and experience and how that led you into the play of yeah. today through the, your work with the Muppets and Apple and Xerox and prison yeah. and so forth. What can you tell us about that? Yeah. Journey that you've made? Um, 
Well, it's interesting because I hadn't made this connection before. So what you when you brought in the prison piece, I, you know, all these like extraordinary. I've been very very lucky, and I you know starting my career at Muppets uh, making making Muppets for Sesame Street is. Um, you know, it's like starting your life at the end of the rainbow, right? It's a pot of gold. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Where do we go from here? <laughs> so it it actually helped me. You know, it's it's like um, it helped me have an imagination beyond. It's like getting the cheese. You know, going down a tunnel. The rat like goes down the tunnel, gets the cheese right away, and then goes, "Well, now what?" <laughs> and then you get to be creative and really think about, well, what would I do? You know, now that I've gotten to do what kind of accomplished one of my dreams, what's next. Um, so it really became about sort of how, what, um, less externally motivated, more of a sense of what what wants to happen, what, what play can I help catalyze in the world. And um, the experiences, I mean, I had a lot, you know, being in my 20s, I had, I had most of the sort of amazing playgrounds that I was in was, um, at that period of my life from Muppets, I went right to MIT Media Lab, and then I was <clears throat> was given funding to start my own production company. Um, and, you know, I didn't even look for it. I was just really shot out of a cannon. And so I had a tremendous amount of freedom and freedom to play. And in one sense, you know, I, what I saw is when we're free, we're free to play, but then I also could experience the inner blocks like there was no outer blocks i was getting like the way was paved with gold it was a it was amazing good fortune that i got to do what i wanted but at the same time i could see oh when i'm free i'm free to play in the world but then what's blocking me inside so i it really moved me to an inner journey to find the deepest freedom where you know the fullest expression of play from my being was possible and that um, includes a story that I tell on my blog of um, jumping out of an airplane with my sister, <laughs> who is the world champion freestyle skydiver nine years in a row. She jumped out of the, an airplane over 5,000 times and wow. convinced me to do it with her. And when I did, <clears throat> I watched her as I'm just hurling down, you know, as a hunk of biomass, um, just going straight down. I watched her spinning and flipping and twirling and just so free you know, really like a wild animal that had been released from captivity. And I could see for myself that I was still clutched, you know, with fear and overwhelm. And and so I was, that was the image of freedom. And the two instructions that I was given jumping out of the airplane were to let go and breathe. And so I later went to a yoga ashram and they said the very same thing. And I saw the yoga teacher with the same freedom my sister had and me clutched, you know, onto my so you know the wing of my ego, you know, just in the grip of some subtle levels of fear, and really, really just wanting to let go and breathe into the free fall of play in every moment. And um, I knew that that was possible. So, so when we talk about when I went to prison, it's like just to see the real ways in which we keep ourselves bound. And I was just, you know, as everybody has an appetite for fullness and freedom, those are the two forces that move us move evolution so i see the the impulse for freedom as really the impulse for play and so i'm always looking for ways to be more free and then to support other people in more free being more in being freer it's freer right not more free <laughs> yeah freer 
So um, that's really what the motivation is for the film, is to to help people see, get a taste of their, you know, when we play, we touch, we get catch a glimpse of our own freedom, our own capacity to be free, our unbounded true nature. And so um, I want to show that that's really what matters and that we get that when we play. So play can be dignified, brought back to the center of our lives as both a path to freedom and the expression of freedom itself. So, Again, talking about the uh, the film and, and picking up on the stories that you've been sharing of uh, what's happening uh, kind of around the world, different kinds of organizations. Um, what criteria have you been using to sort of help you focus on all of these wonderful examples? And I'm sure the greatest challenge is how to pick just a handful that you actually get to tell the, the stories at least in the film. So what what are sort of the things that matter in terms of where you focus your attention on this on these play stories ah um well i want every domain to be represented so i'm looking for the range i'm looking for stories in um unexpected places of the power of play so if you've got a story about play in the pentagon i want to hear it (laughs) um you know the so i'm looking to really render a an experience of the full range the landscape um that everywhere plays plays uh provides benefits and then stories of transformation um the way that uh play can actually create surprising changes um healing consciousness joy um so, and I'm also really looking for the authenticity factor. So, you know, a lot of, you know, there are a lot of businesses that would like to have a playful image, you know, play washing, <laughs> where it may, you know, maybe some, there might be some sort um, where I'm really interested in the true experience of freedom that, you know, play isn't something that's um, sort of another way to prove yourself or to belong or, um, or, you know, I think sometimes of companies that have specific amounts of time where you can do whatever you want as supposedly whatever you want is, you know, using the idea of play and open space as like another place to prove yourself, you know, if you don't, that you need to come up with something, a result um, in that time. So, you know, the, the authentic play, um And then, really, stories that inspire me, you know, and that I think will inspire other people. So, you know, they have some surprise factor. <laughs> I have a strong appetite for wackiness. <laughs> so, um, that also helps. And, yeah, just really, truly, I, I get a lot of people sending me um, names of people that are there, they find incredibly inspiring, playful leaders or teachers. Um, and I love those, and I'm trying to find a way to include those. Um, but I, get, I think I'm looking for the people who've you know, made a large impact with their play. But, you know, the criteria isn't set. We're still in yeah. – the clay is still wet. 
Uh, can people actually reach out to you if they've got examples of, of some of these kinds of stories that they want to oh, I love share that. with you? Yeah, absolutely. And what's the best fact, way to the, do that? Um, well, go to the site, www.seriouslythemovie.com, and um, you can send me a, a note and I will respond. Um, you can get on the mailing list and just, you know, just stay in touch that way. But, yeah, send me a note or go to the Facebook page. And and write your idea there, and that'll share it not just with me, but the um, all of our community. Um, I just wanted to share that we are really like crowdsourcing so much of this, the contest of the naming, but also, you know, people have contacted me and said, I work in Brisbane as a daycare worker in Australia, and I have contact with sixty kids a day, and I have high def video equipment. Use me. <laughs> so I've got um, this person is. Is we're setting up to have the kids interview each other about play and their parents. You know why? <laughs> um, and so that's happening. And somebody, a farmer in I think um, the mid- Midwest somewhere, contacted me. Uh, contacted me and said, "I've got footage of um, baby goats jumping on top of a sleeping mule. Do you want it?" <laughs> I was like, absolutely, send it along. And so, you know, I'm absolutely open and excited about um, footage. You'll see in the clip a lot of it's YouTube footage, which we'll have to eventually get permission for. But, um, you know, if you've got a great story or a great um, clip of your dog, you know, irrepressibly playful or your, you know, aardvark <laughs> playing with an owl or, you know, I'd love to see it. You know, it'll probably find a way into the film. Somehow I suspect this Pentagon play story will emerge somewhere. <laughs> you know, I wanted yes, to but mention, I might not be allowed to share it. <laughs> oh, well, I wanted to mention that at the Imagination conversation in, in New York, there were members, of, there were generals there. And I and I led a play uh, shop for um, the military kids organization. So it's in the works. (laughs) So just to let you know that. But I was also intrigued uh, by many of the titles on your um, website, Gwen Gordon Play, and one of them was it all it all begins with your body. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how play (laughs) and the body go work? together. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I'm aware that we have only a few minutes left. Um, absolutely. Well, so here's the basic deal. The door to the playground is always the present moment. So there's no, I love the, the um, Las Vegas sign that I don't see anymore, but must be present to play. Um, so where are we present? Where is our body where we, what is the doorway to the present moment is almost always the body. So the body is the, and it's also the most, the richest playground. Play is an expression of our, sort of the, as I said, the movement of love, but also just this natural movement toward pleasure, non-addictive pleasure, which is what we're wired for. And our bodies are the best tuning fork for that. We know in our bodies where, if we're tuned into our bodies, um, we will, they will naturally move toward pleasure and, you know, the non-addictive pleasure, the distinction between play that's addictive and play that's not addictive. But when we're present in our bodies and we're not suppressing 
some sensation or uncomfortable feeling, but allowing it, including all our sensations and experiences in the playground, then um, it's really the way that we can access that flow of infinite play that's moving through us as life because that's our that's our connection to life is through through our bodies and i also know i know we're we're running short of time here but i just want to mention too that you um state on your website that one of your biggest passions is bringing play into the dark patches of our lives yeah which um i think is also an outstanding um inspirational statement and, and a way for people to enter into play in larger-than-life ways. <laughs> yeah, I think I say it as... Inner, inner play. Yes, in, I think inside. I... Yes, indeed. I, I I think I put it um, that I bring delight into the dark. <laughs> yes. yes. So yeah, I encourage people thank you to, for go, noticing that. to go to your website and, and uh, check out more of that and, and explore that aspect of play as well. Yeah. Thank you. I'm Say delighted. a little bit more, if you would, about what you just said about the play that's addictive versus not addictive. You want to what, want me to say more about that? Yeah. Um, I am I. I okay. Absolutely. I'm just aware that I think we're just two minutes away from ending. So, um, I'll say something very brief, if that's, or maybe my clock's wrong. <laughs> So I'll let you, you. Okay. Um, so yeah. So addiction and play. Um, so play is about freedom, as I said. It's the expression of freedom. And when we're not free to play, we're not free to not play. You know, there's a tear. And if someone says you have to play, then it's not play. And um, if our own compulsions. Our, you know, compulsion is a place where we're not free. So if we're if we're feeling compulsive about something, like it's no longer really pleasurable. It's more like the doing it is relief from the pain, you know, from the drive, the the craving. Then we're in a whole not playing. We, we actually don't experience pleasure in doing it anymore. We more we experience the relief of pain, you know, the relief of craving. So I I don't um I think when we're feeling like we have to play like there's you know it's got that addictive quality it's not free anymore and so it's really not play. And you know we see that sometimes gambling can absolutely be play but it's easy for it to become compulsion. There's one I just spoke with Steve Hoskinson who is a trauma healer and he has a really interesting perspective on um sort of the nervous system and play and how we're we're wired to want some sort of like direct immediate feedback for our actions. It's like the child smiling at the mother and getting a quick smile back. When we do something like you know gambling, like pull the lever, we'll get we get an immediate response and we get really we're like hungry for that. It gives us a little dopamine squirt and it can easily become addictive and it no longer it stops being pleasurable. And the way through is to actually retrieve the experience of pleasure in doing those things. And then when we can, and sometimes that means doing them slowly enough where, you know, the system can start to actually reconnect um, with the present moment. And so there's a there's a whole lot of interesting, like, obviously, 
oops, not time for that. But that's the general idea that we're not free when we're compelled to do something, and so it's not play. Well, we thank you very much for elaborating on that particular point and know that it's lots more behind that. And thank you very much for joining us today on Creativity and Play. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> uh, filmmaker Gwen Gordon is completing a film on play called Seriously, and you can find out more about that at seriouslythemovie.com and her own work at gwengordonplay.com. Our theme music is Kindergarten, composed and performed by Jonathan Batiste. You can listen to this show and previous shows again and find more information about our guests and coming shows at creativityandplay.com. And find Creativity and Play on Twitter, Facebook, and iTunes as well. Creativity and Play is a production of the International Center for Creativity and Imagination in partnership with the National Creativity Network. I'm Steve Dahlberg. And I'm Mary Ellis Long. Thank you, Gwen, so much for joining us. Seriously, it was a pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Happy Valentine's Day.